Hi, I'm Mark Lynch, the Project on Middle East Political Science. Welcome back to the POMEPS podcast, our series of conversations with leading scholars in the field. With me today is Suna Hagbola. He's an associate professor of global studies at Roskilde University. And uh, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mark. So, so I understand you've recently been doing a major project on the history of the Arab left. Could you tell, tell us a little bit about that. Right. So, yeah, I've been doing this project for about the last three or four years. I've had a grant and a group around me at Roskilde, but it really goes back, my interest in the left goes further back than that. So uh, before the Arab uprisings, I had a, a sense for a long time that there's a real gap in the historiography of the modern Middle East. Uh, leftist groups, largely speaking, communist groups, socialist groups, various uh, socialist democratic groups that splintered from communist movements have really been understudied. There's a lot we don't know about them, and I think uh, that lack of knowledge came from the notion that somehow the left had ceased to be important, uh, they no longer played a political role, or they were even dead as a political movement, and that spurred me to, uh, to look into that large field. And I'm so, so I discovered, um, first of all, that uh, you know, when you do the literature search, that there is a, an older literature from the 60s and 70s, there's actually quite a lot done on, on communist movements in particular, on the Arab nationalists, the Ba'athists, the Nasserists. And after that, it, from the mid-70s, it, it stops. So um, then when the uprisings happened, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I, and I, I should say, I, I do have a lot of friends in leftist mm -hmm. circles, especially in, in Lebanon, Palestine, Syria, the countries that I've been living in and working in before. And I, I noticed that uh, many of them were active, in the uprisings, uh, they may not have been as central as, as, as others, but they did play a, a role in it. And, and I think since then, there's been a sort of a, a, a revival of interest in the left. And so, so, so I'm noticing that and I'm working with different people and I can see there's a number of different projects springing up here and there, uh, lo looking at the left, both historically mm -hmm. but also contemporarily. Now, when I think back to you know the stuff that I used to read about the Arab left, it would have been things like Hanna Batatu yeah. uh, in Iraq or Joy right. Bannon's work on mm. uh, the workers' movements in mm. Egypt and that sort of thing. Yeah. Is that not part of the literature you're looking at, or would you put that into that older generation? Well, that's true. There is Joe Bannon's work uh, uh, on workers um, and uh, and others. I mean, it's not completely absent, right, right. but but when you're looking at uh, Batatu is older, of course. Um, but when you're looking at uh, comparing it to the 60s and, and 70s, and part of the reason for that was, of course, the Cold War context. I mean, there was a real fear, at least in the U.S., that communism would sort of spread to the mm -hmm. Middle East, as it were. And I think so. a lot of the literature came from that, but, but also just from the fact that um, the Arab left uh, were quite central to, to the development of political institutions, of what became uh, regimes in many countries, and mm -hmm. so, so, so people took it seriously. Then, uh, when you're moving into the late 70s and 80s, a lot of the left becomes a suppressed uh, uh, opposition, and not even an opposition, many of them ending up in prison and so on. And of course, that, that sort of dovetails with the development in the 90s after the Cold War, where on a global level, uh, that's the sense that communism is sort of... Uh, and an and, and outdated idea, um, and there's a general uh, decline of the left. So it sort of dovetails with that. Um, and I th so I think there's an intellectual history, and there's a political history. And I think there's, there's been some work done on both of those histories, but there's so much we don't know. And when you start to really look into yeah. 
There's so many archives people haven't looked at. There's so many journals people haven't read yet. There's so many details of this uh, historiography that just needs to be done. So part of a uh, part of my work is is just uh, is just historiography, really. No, when when you guys are doing this project, then how are you conceptualizing the left? Are you talking about specific parties? Is it communist parties, mm. or is it more kind of a you know class politics, mm. or is it generalized sentiments of social injustice and mm. economic mm. inequality? So, so I've come to think of it as a tradition, really, as an ideological tradition. That means people who identify as left, and within that. You can have very, very different takes of what it means to belong to the left, and you know, uh, part of part of that story is, of course, when you know the left is relative to a center, and the center moved drastically in, mm-hmm. in, in the Arab countries in the nineties, in particular. So you are you are left in relation to and critical of the center. So uh, the liberalizing autocracies, um, uh, being critical of them, being critical of the kind of political economy that existed. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, was was sort of where people found a, a, a new left position in the 90s, increasingly. And so I see that really as part of global trends as well. I don't want this to be a regional right. historiography w- that we do. I, I want us to understand the development of the left in relation to the decline of, so-called decline of the left, the regeneration of the left, and then the sort of new left that I think we've seen with the global justice movement from the 90s, the protests, so WCO, you, so, and so So on. you do see that as part of the same, same lineage, even though it's not uh, the same organized politics, it's not the same party, Absolutely. but you, Absolutely. you see the kind of the kinds of um, anti-globalization protests Absolutely. or kind of the stuff we're seeing these days, yeah. uh, social justice protests in the United States and well, in the Middle for, East. for several reasons. I mean, first of all, the new left... And I think really the book that I'm writing is going to be a, a history of the new left okay. back to the early 70s, the late 60s. The new left is a fragmented field of ideas and, and smaller movements. It's not this sort of big, clunky, right. old socialist or communist parties. It's by definition a, a, a vast array of, of uh, influences. I mean, to some extent, you could talk about uh, Fala Jabber, uh, uh, for example, writes about post-Marxism in the Middle East, and I think that's a pretty good way to frame it, going beyond the dogmatism of, of previous Marxist uh, approaches. And then and you're seeing within that landscape many different accents, many different takes on what it means to be on the left, many of them actually embracing elements of liberalism, uh, working closely with liberal movements. Many, so, so, so the left is many things, and of course they are also an internal disagreement, and you get that, uh, and that, that comes to the fore over major crises, such mm-hmm. as uh, the Syria war right now. You can see how the left are, are fighting it out, as it were. So, so there is the historiography. There's going back to archives, going back to sources, and, and understanding the details and nuances better of, of this history. But there's also you know, the, the sociology of, being, of what it means to be on the left. And that's really, that's really where I do most of my own mm-hmm. research. I'm trying to, to see what, this memory, what the memories, the historical memory of failures, of transformations of the left in the last couple of decades means for leftist activists and uh, militants and intellectuals yeah. and so on today, how they are reading and understanding their own history. When you, when you look at these new left movements that are active you know, today and over the last uh, you know, five, ten years, mm. do you tend to see this as a, 
as a global movement focused on kind of big global or regional issues, or do you see it more at the at the local or hyper local or even national level? I mean, you think, for example, mm. about Joy Bannon's recent work on yeah. uh, these waves of labor strikes. And right. This is hyper local, yeah. But he yeah. sees it as adding up yeah. to something bigger yeah. versus like you know the the BDS movement or yeah. the you know the black right Black Lives Matter movement. You know, kind yeah. of much bigger, mm-hmm. broader mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the energy? Well. I think a lot of the energy comes from the so you call it hyperlocal. I haven't read Joe's book yet, unfortunately, but I've, I've followed his work, and um, so a lot of a lot of the energy comes, of course, from reacting to uh, unfair conditions mm-hmm. on a local level. But what you also get is people who try to understand it and theorize the struggle uh, and the politics that the left should be developing, because obviously it's, it's still a vacuum. And I think they do that in conversation, in full conversation, with trends and, and, and debates that are happening on a global level. I mean, the history of the left is global, and that's what we're seeing also. Mm-hmm. Increasingly, when we dig into the history of the Arab left, that, uh, well, first of all, you know, it's an influence on the Bolshevik Revolution, and then it's a direct influence from the Comintern in Moscow, um, then later on, there's a conversation and a sort of conversion between the new left uh, in Europe uh, mm-hmm. and, and the sort of new left that develops in, in the Arab countries. So I think, and of course the reason is, you know, it's basically uh, that they're a child of Marxism, which is an attempt to understand political activism in relation to a global political economy. So I think that re- reaction and uh, attempt to mobilize against neoliberalism today is, of course, global, yes, and, and fairly sophisticated when you start to read the stuff that they're putting out. Absolutely. I think, so I think we should pay more attention to these guys, uh, and I, I, I think people are starting to, uh, and that's, that's what I'm hoping to bring to the fore with this kind of research. When, so there's that aspect of it. There's the kind of the Marxist and leftist readings of mm-hmm. the transformation of regional economy and our national economies. Yeah. And that's one aspect to it. And then there's also like the national political mobilization. Yeah. And, you know, it was quite striking to me looking at uh, some of the Egyptian protesters, yeah. for example, who are coming from, from the left, the revolutionary socialists and groups like that, where they're deeply conflicted over things like, yeah. do we want democracy to come out of this? Or mm. is that simply another way of, of kind of stabilizing the status quo and, mm. and, and sanitizing yeah. our demands? Yeah. And I'm curious about if... if whether it's that one or if there's other kinds of issues where you've seen like really interesting, sharp debates um, mm. about those big strategic questions. Absolutely. I mean, I think most of the revolutionary socialists would be very much in favor of democracy. That's at least my uh, No, I, I, just, I, I just mean the elections themselves, saying oh, right. that yeah. the elections yeah. are not what we were fighting uh, for right, right. as opposed that's the main to... Thing. Yeah, well, there's a big yeah. debate about imperialism and what kind of imperialism mm-hmm. are we facing? What's the nature of imperialism today? The Trotskyist currents, also around international socialists, are small, but they're having very, very interesting theoretical debates that are really worth reading just for, for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, and they are trying to, to understand what kind of... Uh, obviously, the Middle East is not uh, in the throes of the kind of American hegemony that it used to be just some years ago, and they're trying to find their feet in that. How can we sort of reconceptualize the struggle mm-hmm. uh, in this confused post-revolutionary period we're in, and, and that comes to the fore in the question of Syria. And so, Syria's so, so, been huge, Syria's been hugely divisive. Exactly, because do you see the Russian intervention as a sort of a protection 
of a popular regime with legitimacy and, and, and a, you know, a people's army that needs to be protected from, from American attempts to, mm. to smash it and so on? Or do you see that as equally as imperialism? And there, uh, the, well, most of the, the international socialists have taken the line that it is a form of imperialism. Wait, which, which is the form of imperialism? The Russian, uh, the Russian intervention and, and protection of the regime, because the regime doesn't have a popular root, actually. It's a, it's a dictatorial regime. Um, and so you get splits over that that are, that are very virulent and, and, um, and perhaps also a bit damaging to what kind of role the, the, the left could play, because when they, mm-hmm. when they re- I mean, you see the same over the question of Hezbollah and their role in, in, in Lebanon. Um, so I think imperialism, mm-hmm. how to react to neoliberalism, the nature of uh, new colonialism, and, and so on. So these kind of big questions they uh, they debated, uh, and and in doing that, they I find that many of of the sort of more intellectual and well-read leftists they go back to that generation of new left thinkers in the '60s and '70s in particular, hmm. who they fe- feel were dealing with the same questions, and so that kind of Historical interaction between what I call the long 1970s, sort of from the 67 war to the Israeli invasion in 82, that revolutionary experience, I think that um, that is refracted or re-read in the light of the uprisings. These sort of two revolutionary periods. Uh, and so you see where, where the uh, Arab left is right now, you see it then as kind of at the starting point of a real regeneration I think so. I, I think if you look at everything that's going on in the world, uh, there are movements everywhere mm-hmm. uh, that have come out of this revolutionary fever, actually since, the, since 2008 in particular, but it goes further back uh, as well. And um, what they are faced with is the challenge of institutionalizing some of this, because it's, it's all right to be fragmented and go in many right. different directions, but they will be on the margins as long as they don't institutionalize, as long as they don't go back to proper party politics and are successful in, in that vein, then I think they will remain uh, important, uh, but basically on the fringe of decision-making. Yeah, but it's interesting, though, because you could make the argument that those kinds of decentralized, non-institutionalized movements mm. are actually what is best adapted to the kind of politics that we live in today, right, right. and that moving in the direction of party politics would actually be a mistake. Well, that's a big debate, of course, of on course. the left. and. Uh, I, people like Jody Dean in America, for example, she's been making a strong argument about returning to an actual communist party. I mean, well, then you get into the debates about the lessons of Stalinism and, and, and Leninism, of course. But, um, you know, other parts of the world, it's playing out in, in different ways. It doesn't have to be turning back to the communist party. We see the, the pirate party, for example, in Iceland coming out of all this. Mm-hmm. They're looking at 30% of the votes, Podemos in Syriza and so on. Um, so, so I think we need to... To start looking at the Middle East in that kind of global perspective, uh, and I mean, in the particular, what came out of the revolutions, it's, yeah. this is related to the debate that we're having. I mean, it, it seems like the left should be strong in places, you know, in strong urban yeah. centers where you actually have, you know, a, a sizable working class, and yeah. you know, so you know, North African countries, places mm-hmm. like that. What about the Gulf? Is there any um, you know, meaningful Arab left politics or organization taking place in the Gulf? Well, that my colleague Toby Mattison works on that. Uh, we just organized a, a conference here in Oxford where we had, we had um, some leftists from the Gulf. And so obviously there are movements, there are parties, but it's my sense that they're, they're not very strong. But they're not non-existent. And also there's a very rich and interesting history there that we still don't know very much about at all. 
So there's lots to, to do. I think it's a real sort of agenda in Middle East studies, and it's quite exciting. Well, sounds great. Well, Suni Hogbala, thank you for joining us on the Pomeps podcast. Thank and you.